What up, OGs? Welcome back to another episode of the OG Sessions Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Usher, and this episode is sponsored by Sherpa THC. Let's get it started. What up, OGs? Welcome back to another episode of the OG Sessions Podcast. Today, we've got a very special guest in the building, photographer, violinist, model, influencer, and men's fashion enthusiast, Jordan Mixon, a.k.a. The Socketure. Hey, thanks for having me. How you doing, man? Not too bad. I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad we could really finally get this uh, interview set up. I've been following you for a long time, and it's been uh, cool to watch the transition you made from The Socketure to the uh, Jordan Mixon kind of side of you. Yeah, yeah, it was time. What? Yeah, what caused that? <laughs> Actually, before before you get into that, Give us a little background on how you really got started with the Socketure, because I know a lot of people listening to this probably know you as that name, honestly. Okay, yeah. So I call myself the Socketeur because really my younger sister came up with that name. When she um, when she got married a couple of years ago, I was obsessed with um, collecting socks. Reason being because in the tuxedo that I had uh, in the rentals, they came with these really cool socks. Gotcha. And that progressed to me kind of paying more attention to menswear in general, just just accessories and particularly like the sock section that I noticed in Nordstrom Rack. And so I started noticing these really cool patterns and then I started collecting them and then starting to I started to like style them a little bit differently with my outfits and I just kind of made them more of my personal statement, a way to kind of express myself. I made that like the the, the principal fashion statement for yep. my own personal style. And so I would like document that on my Instagram. Um, now here going on nine years, about nine years ago. Wow. <laughs> like, wow. That's great. I'm old by Instagram standards. So it's <laughs> like, I've seen, this is the ninth version of the matrix. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Cause it's funny. Um, you've always got like, no matter what outfit you're wearing, the socks are always a statement piece. You've always got a sweet pair of socks on. Thanks. I know growing up, I was always, um, I was always a huge fan of stance socks. Like yes. no matter what, that was always in my stocking for Christmas every year. Yeah. You know, that was always a piece that I really liked having it. Yeah, I um, developed a really cool relationship with them um, early on. I even got a chance to meet one of the co-founders and blew me out there too. I've been to the of HQ. Stance? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Wow, mm-hmm. that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, because stance, they're they're big time. They're one of the best. One thing that I really look for whenever I'm choosing a pair of socks is mm-hmm. like, obviously you like the style and everything, but I want a pair of socks that are like comfortable and last after three washes. That's a thing for me. Yeah. Like there's so many pairs of socks you get to have a really cool design on them and yeah. then you wash them two or three times and before you know it now they're you know super well, stretched out or you know that's what you're investing when i know some folks are like oh my god i would never pay like 15 bucks and like when i try to explain well it's this isn't like a typical run-of-the-mill socks they're like a hybrid they actually actually the brand will tell you they they consider themselves more of a sports brand they yeah, compare themselves to like under armor they don't even really compare themselves to other existing mainstream sock brands. That's how much they, because they're they're like the perfect fusion between casual and athletic um, athletic wear. A hundred percent, yeah. And they've got really good designs too. That's one thing. Amazing about them, sure. design, they designs. Are. They do some really cool um, collabs with all these artists. A lot of yeah. LA, New York, just different ones from around the world. One hundred percent. Even some stuff here in, in Miami. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah they, they do some definitely stuff. some Florida stuff around here. And Maybe there. one day in Jacksonville. I'm, I'm, 
I'm, oh, I'm it'll be here continue. one day for sure. Oh yeah, Jack we got some dope artists here. Like, and I look at them, and I'm like, those designs should be on a sock, if yep. not by Stance, my own brand. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you've done, um, you've made a couple of pairs of socks, haven't you? I think I've I have. seen some. Uh, yeah, give us some background on that. Wasn't one of them with Bold Bean or something? Yeah. Like so for fans of Bold Bean, if you notice any socks, this was this collab happened about uh, going on. A little over three years now, Bold Bean had approached me with an opportunity where they wanted to dive into expanding their apparel, and they were curious about socks. And since I'm a go-to nerd for for um, socks, I um, was able to design a Bold Bean sock design for them using um, um, uh, a particular special blend of cotton that feels like a little bit like a dress sock, but it, you can also wear it casually. Gotcha. And um, using their logo, their their it was like a um, I think special like uni yeah, yeah. unisex design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen them. It's a really good looking sock, that's mm -hmm. for sure. And it's something you can wear with everything. It's not like a mm -hmm. super in your face kind of sock that you yeah. can't match with or anything. It's um, that's a good design that you did. I didn't realize you designed the whole thing. I thought that you were just kind of a uh, big fan of that sock because yeah. you know, it was um there were actually here's a i don't know if anyone really knows like there were, i actually there were three designs so oh, the wow. initial one was meant to be well as you see if anyone owns a pair that is the first design but there were actually two um two other designs and the uh, the plan would have been to kind of mix and match using the same color palette but i had like dots mixed in with the with the coffee plant lo logo yeah. so there i still have some of the mock-ups every now and then Ooh. you might see see me in them and like it was a what if scenario yeah, but yeah yeah but we just stuck with the one so it was a very special time yeah shout out bull bean by the way um yeah. how long ago was that whenever you guys did that collab it's about three years ago. Oh, okay, about yeah, that's right. Ago. You said that. Mm -hmm. Yep. No, you're good. So, give us a quick, um, give us a quick little background on yourself. And have you lived in Jacksonville your whole life? Born and raised here. Born in and raised. What side of the city? West side. Okay, cool. I'm a West Side boy. West Side. <laughs> that's awesome. Love well, I love. I'm I'm about the woods. I live up in the woods, y'all. Yeah. But hey, we have the best bonfire parties. I'm just gonna. Yeah, just that's gonna leave facts. It right there. That's facts. Shout out West Side. <laughs> Did um, where'd you go to high school? I went to Douglas Anderson School of the Arts. Oh, really? Yep. Okay. I'm class of 05. And yep. um, yeah, and uh, as as I said in the beginning, you're also a violinist. So, That's right. Um, is that the only instrument that you play? That's the only one. Now, yeah. when I went to when I continued my studies in in college, I went to UNF, University of North Florida. For those that may not know, mm -hmm. I got my bachelor's degree in music performance. I've been playing for going on 22 years now. Wow. And um, yeah, so technically my second instrument, which is would be piano, but I don't really play anymore. So violin. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. What yeah. got what uh, got you started with that? Parents. Oh man, so actually my dad always wanted to play violin, but he never had the opportunity. And when I was younger, my parents actually had bought a violin for me with the hopes of me playing it, but it just never happened. And I was the kind of kid where I. I was just open for whatever. I didn't really have any specific um, idea what I wanted to get into. And so somebody has suggested, why don't you try basketball? Because I'm tall in the family. But when we tried that, I was like around 12. I was <laughs> terrible. Absolutely terrible. And But I always enjoyed tapping my fingers to music. My parents took notice to that. So my dad suggested, why not try the violin? So 
at the time here in Jackson, well, technically it was in Orange Park. There was a music school a studio called Suzuki. Um, so I took my first lessons there and just fell in love that the first lesson changed my life. And I just found so much joy in expressing myself and just really appreciating wow. classical music. And I think the first CD I ever had was from violinist Itzhak Perlman and the Four Seasons from Vivaldi. I think everyone's pretty much heard of that in one way, shape or form. And I just, I just became hooked and my parents never told me to practice. I was just obsessed. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, the violin is an instrument. I think the violin is so interesting, and it sounds so beautiful. Like when yeah. people play, I just love it. And you can, it's an instrument you can play solo, and it sounds just as good as it if can it's stand on its own, and it can play well with many, with play well with others. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Have you ever um, been a part of a band or a, um, you know like a group of people that are playing? I've never really been a part of a band. I've done different. Like I've done string quartets. I did like an indie recording one time. There was gotcha. a guy that was. Um, he was working on like an indie album and he wanted like a string quartet for one of these songs. So I've done a lot of freelance gigs where I just kind of blend in whatever I'm needed. Now, the one of the cool things I've done was playing, um, playing a salsa band one time. Oh, ago. wow. That's yeah. interesting. That was really cool. So my background is classical, but I like to dive into some other styles out there. Like gotcha. I like, I like jazz. I like, I like I blues. Jazz. Um, Every now and then I'll, I'll do some pop stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I they've got to... some good uh, jazz artists in the city too. For that, sure. That's Jacksonville right. has a has an immense pool of talent that I think folks to this day still don't quite realize how good we have it here. Yeah, um, We have one. I'm friends with quite a few um, jazz musicians, and um, yeah, yeah, the the jazz scene here in Jacksonville is picking up again because it's kind of ebbs and flows. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but um, yeah. Who are some musicians that uh, you look up to? Some mm. people that you kind of uh, modeled your uh, I would say after? if I was to say, okay, well, definitely Itzhak Perlman because he was the first violinist that I ever heard. And then there is uh, there was another violinist named It's um isaac stern um the reason why i mentioned him is because he was kind of known as like the grand kind of like a grandfather figure and he was famous for just super nice per personality had a very pure tone um so i i refer back to them i like who's who's hot today there's yeah. a lot there's a lot and sometimes some of them sound really similar i would say hillary hahn because in high school, my my teacher, uh, she's a symphony player. Uh, she really turned me on to her, and she just has like this particular tenacity. Yeah. But also control, like she has so much control of her sound, and every she, everything she does, it's very calculating. Yeah. And and you could say that with any violinist or any like not so much not so much as a violinist, but any skilled musician. But there's just something about the way that she plays that it's as if she just went in the lab, tested all these different things, and like, this is how I'm gonna approach this music, and it's so musical. Yeah. Now, that's like the classical side. Now, on the jazz side, I'm, I'm gonna give a shout out to my friend Brady Clampett. Um, he, shout we out met, Brady. hey Brady, if you're listening, <laughs> you better be listening. Better be. <laughs> <laughs> um, um brady is a is is a really good friend of mine i we met at a gig at a at a diner there was a really cool diner at the time in mandarin 
and he his background um is jazz and blues guitar oh, gotcha. and he also sings and um he kind of looks like um <laughs> what's the football player's name that oh, oh my gosh gator um oh man wow the name just escapes me and i just tim saw tebow? tim tebow <laughs> brady looks like tim tebow i know he's gonna no be annoyed way. by that he looks a, he, he actually they're kind of like they're actually kind of related in a distant cousin oh sort of way. no way but besides all of that <laughs> it's so like funny he was so kind when we met at a gig he was playing it was like an open mic night and we met and i brought had my fiddle at the time and we just had a jam session and i just really love he has this really easy going way of playing but it's subtly masterful the way that he's able to improv and yeah so um there's uh, Brady, another local musician I really, really enjoy watching is on John Lumpkins. We met in college and he is a jazz percussionist and it's just the rhythms that just come out of his, yeah. the way he just takes us to a place with like these incredible jazz solos. Yeah. So I'm also inspired by quite a few local musicians that in, it informs my playing. Yes. And that's also to another local Oh, my teacher, um, Ann, Ann Morris, um, she, the, she was my favorite. She still is my favorite violin teacher because of the way that um, she plays with such precision, but she also has such a sweet, caring nature about her. So, yeah, a lot of shout outs, but I have to mention them. Yeah, yeah. and I, um, you know, I think jazz music is so therapeutic, honestly. It is. Like when you just need to just unwind and relax, jazz yeah. music is just the most clutch music in the whole world i love it yeah i i try to get as many friends as i can to like go to like a live jazz session it's really fun yeah it's it is very fun. because i think what it is because there are some friends that just don't know how to listen to it which i understand mm -hmm. because it just seems so random and things and it's very you know it's very slow for a lot of people too like i feel like mm -hmm. a lot of people almost hear jazz and kind of hear it as like boring or kind of hear it as you know, kind of like sleepy music or tired music or something like that, you know, that's kind of slow. But if you really listen to it, if you like focus in on and listen to like the chorus of some of these songs, mm -hmm. it's like, it's a, so much more than that. Especially if you've got a really good saxophone, like that's, that's for me, that's like my, yeah. my weakness. If there's a good saxophone in that oh, in yeah. the song, then I'm I, into it. I would recommend, um, this is also like a shout out to, um, there is a, um, bar a contemporary british style bar called posting house they do like live jazz every sunday from four oh, to wow. seven and john lumpkins he often headlines on um, with his own trio but there's other there, he'll have other guest artists from around town come in and play and you'll hear like classics like some jazz classics and um it's always lively. Uh, the way I like to describe it to folks that are not used to listening to live jazz is think of it as there is an ongoing conversation that's happening right before us. You don't entirely know, neither, neither do the musicians entirely know what they're going to be conversing to each other and let alone to the audience. But there is a set standard of jazz classics that everybody knows uh, from like Duke Ellington to Dizzy Gillespie. Um, uh, gosh, uh, so many others where there's a set standard that these musicians know. The cool part is what they do when it's when it's time for these particular solos. So that's what I would like to tell folks. If you've never listened or not quite sure how to approach listening to jazz, that's okay. That's okay. That's kind of the magic of it. 100%. So, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, definitely give it a shot. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's something that everybody can listen to, and it's mm-hmm. a very, like I said, it's very therapeutic, very mellowy like yeah. music. It's great. Mm-hmm. What's it, some advice or a tip that you would give to somebody that's just starting off with the violin or just any musical instrument um, in general? Did you, yeah. you know, come across any? any so battles? I used to teach um, when I, I I went into teaching violin when I was um, in college and taught students from as young as like eight and my oldest student at the time was like 63 and then I've taught group lessons at a charter school um, for um, low-income kids uh, that were taking their first lesson and my experience I would say that the common denominator that common denominator that um, each student should have is patience and be intentional with what you're working on. With every student that I've had, I try not to overwhelm them with so much, especially with the violin, because there are so many different components that you're trying to develop a harmony of developing good left hand and right hand technique, and then there's ear training. There's a lot of things that work. And then when getting the fingers to play on the fingerboard, there's no frets like a guitar. There's like a visual map. Mm-hmm. there's a lot of muscle memory or what I like to jokingly tell folks we do extreme guessing it yep. is extreme guessing but also a sense of knowing yeah, <laughs> of that's, where that's a great way certain things certain pitches are yeah it's a very intimate um, approach but overall I would say um, set aside time and know exactly what you're practicing and I think that's kind of the thing reason why some people kind of fall out of practicing not just with violin or whatever because they kind of lose maybe motivation or don't know a few other approaches of how to um address a particular um technique that they're trying to learn and yeah have a good conversation with um make sure your teacher's fun and not yeah, like sucking the life of like, sucking the joy. Yeah. You know, I've had fun teachers. I've had super serious teachers, but the perfect teacher to me is the one that meets in the middle that is willing to adapt. Mm-hmm. But you also got to make sure you put in the work. You yep, gotta, there's some work to it. Yeah. They're not going to, you know, that's, they're not going to do the work for you. That's yeah. For sure. Yeah. And after, after that, it won't really feel like work. It's just really like a, like an experiment it's you get excited to see what else can i do yeah exactly yeah what are some future goals you have for the with the violin do you um you plan to ever play in a band or uh mm-hmm. teach again maybe uh with my wacky schedule i'm not quite sure if i'm going to be able to really teach again because i was teaching for about eight years oh wow and it's hard because you develop such a the, stu- the student-teacher relationship is really unique because mm-hmm. sometimes you feel like you're sort of like a parent. Yeah. And some kid, depending on the age, especially the younger student, man, I developed such really close relationships with my students. Where when I had to say goodbye one time with, with the music studio, I'm not quite sure. It was hard. Yeah. It was hard because you invested, the students invest years into you and you invest yep. years into them. But with the way that my schedule is now, because I work, for UPS now and I'm also content creating and then I'm still a violinist I still do freelance gigs I don't know if I'm gonna have really real space for that yeah so with me right now one thing that I I just have time for myself uh, but 
I am working on um, a composition for oh, Stranger's wow. Hat because I, I took some composition classes in college. And when I was doing gigs, um, which I still do gigs, it just depends on what it is. Like I've um, done a lot of weddings and so weddings, oh, awesome. fun social functions. So I still, I, I will still do those. It just really depends on what, how things are looking on my schedule. But one passion project two years into this is um, a string quartet that I'm looking to, I already know who I want. Yeah. I already know who I want to play. Um, you know, you drop any names. Um, well, Leah, if you're listening, Leah is a wonderful violist that I've known ever since high school and through college. She is, we've done so many gigs together. She's a wonderful violist, just a wonderful musician, um, in general. And I can't think of anybody else but her to play this really juicy viola part that I'm working hard on. <laughs> um, awesome. There is a wonderful cellist here in Jacksonville. Her name is Brittany Maroney. Super, super sweet. Giggles, but she is a beast. She goes really? into, like, she is so virtuosic on the cello. Um, yeah. Um, the second violin, because I'll be playing the first one, like, if it's, if, I'm debuting yeah. a new piece. I'm playing. I was gonna my say, own. yeah. Like this is my baby. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know who my second violin would be. There's some um to be continued. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll get back to that one for yeah. sure. I'm excited to hear that by the way. That's gonna yeah. be awesome. Mm -hmm. So let's dive into um dive into your uh, connection with UPS. Yeah. I kinda wanna know how uh how you got started with that because it seems like, you know, overall it seems like you really enjoy what you do. Yeah. And um and you know that job is like obviously it's with a super reliable company super big mm -hmm. company yeah and with so much going on in your life i'm sure they have to be really flexible with what you have going on as well so yeah so <laughs> so i didn't see myself necessarily being a ups employee two years ago but how that happened i originally ha i have a background in medicare and processing applications um, was my thing that I was doing to kind of help pay the bills while I was also being a weekend warrior freelance musician. Well, when the pandemic happened, um, as you probably heard similar stories, a lot of people ended up working from home and then a lot of companies just downsized and just let a lot of people go. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what happened to me at the job at the time with the Medicare job that I had. So I spent, it was like 2020, pretty much the whole year just job searching. It was incredibly difficult. Wow. And so until I decided to take on a seasonal job at UPS being a seasonal helper. And that's when I had the opportunity to um, be a jumper. We call, um, basically they're like a wingman to the drivers that are going out on routes and making deliveries. You help them because gotcha. during the holiday season, it gets incredibly busy. The volume of inventory is just higher than normal. And oftentimes it means longer hours. So that was like a big taste into under, uh, into UPS culture. And then I was able to like kind of deliver um, packages myself. I was fortunate enough to um, deliver in a golf cart at these three luxury apartments over in like Southside, over in like in the Tinseltown area. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that was really cool. And so I did such a good good enough job where they invited me to apply uh, full-time 
So with UPS, for those that don't know, you have to start off somewhere. You, you don't necessarily get to jump in being a driver wearing the uniform or anything like that. You have to earn your way into that. Yep. And so I started off as a preloader, which is basically the person that loads all the package cars. We call them package cars. Some people call them trucks. Gotcha. You're, you're right. Either Same way, thing, you're right. Gotcha. It's like, it's tomato, tomato. <laughs> gotcha. And gotcha. so... Yeah, I just it was a it was a bit of a shock because you know you're you're essentially working out early in the morning loading all this stuff, but I was so thankful because UPS was the only company at the time that gave me the time of day and it just really changed how I viewed work, my self-worth and um just proud of myself for like pushing myself to be even more self-sufficient. When, especially coming from like an office job to like something that's more physical labor, nothing wrong with an office job, not, not yeah, trying yeah. to bash that or anything like that. But it was just such a huge departure where I actually, I don't miss it. I don't particularly, really? personally, I don't really miss it. I like the idea of being self-sufficient and dependent. And um, because that crosses over to when you um, become a driver, I just recently became a driver. And a lot of the times you're out and about, you have to make quick fire decisions on which destination you're going to go to first. And I like that. But yeah. it's also, I like serving the community. You get to know Jacksonville in a more intimate way. Yeah. And, um, and you, being born and raised here, I'm sure that yeah. you sometimes feel like you've seen every single corner of this place. And then you get an address on some location that you never even been to. And you're like, Absolutely. wow, this is Jacksonville. What? The Absolutely. Heck? I'm like, there are, it happens to me all the time. All these small businesses that I had no idea existed. And it'll be in like these, sometimes these places look super sketch. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> like wait, people work here. Yeah. What's going on? I feel like there's some kind of operation going on. That's Jacksonville I've, right there. I've gone to some, I've been to some gnarly places. Like I'll deliver at the, at a, I'll, I've been to, um actually baptist medical one time and then one and then they asked me to go to this building that i didn't know what it was and i was loading like 80 boxes and and i asked them so what is this i'm like sex toys i'm like oh okay oh. I, was like, oh. I was like all right oh my gosh and then the, and then like and some spices i'm like how does that yeah what i've like you'd be so i've delivered some gnarly stuff oh, i can like, only imagine you learn some things you learn you some never things. know what's in that box yes, that's for yes. sure that is so yes. funny that's um yeah that's the pg version of it i guess so <laughs> like, I'm, hey yeah it's hey honestly shout out ups for giving you an opportunity whenever um <laughs> yeah all that shit went down because 2020 was a was a rough year for a lot of us absolutely and, um, yeah. And it was crazy. So shout out UPS for sure. Yeah. Um, I really want to dive into the men's fashion aspect and the yeah. photography aspect. But first, uh, let's go ahead and take a quick commercial break and um, we'll be right back. What up, OGs? This episode is sponsored by Sherpa. Sherpa makes the highest quality hemp-derived THC edibles on the market and shipped to all 50 states. All their products are federally legal, which means you don't need to have a medical card to enjoy their delicious treats. To purchase, go to SherpaThc.com and check them out on Instagram at Sherpa underscore THC. Now back to the episode. All righty, we are back here with Jordan Mixon. And um, I wanted to dive a little bit more into your um, men's fashion background and some of your connections in that industry. I know that you're really big in, uh, in the fashion world and um, you're definitely in the scene a lot. Go ahead and give me like a, a little background on how you got started with that. It became... 
gradual. So I initially positioned myself to be a niche blogger the way that I saw it. At the time, when menswear blogging was starting to pop off on Instagram a couple of years ago, this was during the time when Instagram used to have like the suggested followers. They would be like a whole stream of like, hey, we select this person. So, yeah. but in the, the menswear scene was at the time really big into suits. And then you had like the street style, but then you had like these other niche bloggers where you had some gentlemen that some guys that would only be about neckties and just the yeah. upper part of the suit. And then you had your, your sneaker heads. Well, I started off as a niche blogger focusing on like the sock game because that was something that I felt was underrepresented. And then I blew up with um, through other communities that were also about the sock game. And then it got the attention of small independent brands. And so for a while I was kind of doing that where yes, you would see me in a whole outfit, but I would mainly talk about that. So I transitioned into talking more about a full on look when I had more inquiries from a lot of um, local guys that would follow me and ask me about, well, how do I dress for this occasion or a date or an interview? So I tried to, I would just use clothes that I already had and just tag the brands. And that got the attention of wow. certain brands, like for particular, like really, um, Perry Alice was a big, was a big break for me because I was able to um, do a special campaign through them and they flew me. For those that don't know, Perry Ellis is their headquarters oh. is based. It's technically New York, but they have their operations is largely based in Miami. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're huge. They're like one of the biggest yeah. suit brands ever. Definitely one of the more mainstream, important American brands. Mm -hmm. And so that's what really kind of helped my image in a way where unexpectedly where folks kind of started seeing me as as a full-on menswear um enthusiast um blogger yeah and that is when especially when i started to post more like full-on outfits i would still talk about the socks but exactly it, it just kind of changed the perception and that's when i, I attracted other brands um particularly like gosh there's been a lot like well bugatti well, I was already working with Bugatti, but then Perry Ellis, I did um, Johnston, did some projects with Johnston and Murphy. Wow. Um, oh, boy. Um, really, really Express, I got the attention of Express, and I've done a lot of stuff with them. Yeah, I see you do a lot of partnerships with Express on mm -hmm. um, your Instagram feed. When did you really start to notice that... Um, or notice you start gaining more followers and a little bit more traction on Instagram. Because for those that don't know, you have, uh, I'm pretty sure it's like 43, 43 point something K on Instagram yeah. right now. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. What's your Instagram handle? Just shout it out for the people so they can follow you on there. So my Instagram handle is Jordan Mixon. It's all together. But to spell my last name right, this is where people get it wrong. It's M-I-X-S-O-N, then underscore. So it's Jordan Mixon underscore. And uh, yeah, it's been, that's been, my following has been the accumulation of just me being on Instagram over the years. What really helped back in the day when Instagram used to have a photo project, a week, they were called the weekend hashtag project where they, where they would have a theme 
of a photo theme. And the one that I chose to participate in was a fashion theme. And they had a guest curator. His name is uh, a photographer, uh, New York Times published photographer, Landon Nordeman. I still follow him to his day. He's famous for shooting the backsides of people. Like he, he's famous for shooting like at political events, but a lot of fashion shoots and oftentimes behind the scenes and the way that he shoots, you would think that his photos are intentional, but it's, it's uniquely candid. Wow. And yet at the same time, there's just this really interesting, he has an interesting eye for catching this candid element, but also there's this fashion component of just stylish individuals. So the whole theme was get close. And so I used myself where I was wearing like a shirt from Zara. It was a really cool floral print. I had to throw in a little bit of Florida love because you know we love our Florida. We love our we Florida. love our florals here. That's for sure. It should be the state shirt. It's it really should. should. It really should be. I'm determined <laughs> it's gonna be the state shirt. So he picked he picked me along with a few others, and that's what really um blew up my following at the time. But I've also been featured in other um, community pages that's just accumulated over the time. Like Visco was another one. I, that's a um, photography and uh, visual media, like they do like film. Mm -hmm. um, that that also played a factor along with just being featured with certain brands where you just kind of over time and also just doing things around town. Um, like yeah, the, you collaborate with so many local yeah. people. It's incredible how many people like yeah. It's and it's funny because that's actually how um me and you I met you through uh my buddy Jesse. Shout out mm -hmm. Jesse. Hey Jesse. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he um he yeah I saw you guys uh, did like a collab together and um mm -hmm. and that's just one of many man. Like I've seen that you've also collabed with uh what was that Edible Northeast Florida? Yes, I believe you guys have um little project you're working on is that correct yes that's right so edible northeast magazine um and i have been doing a digital editorial project so right now they just came out with the drinks issue for january just highlighting the the cocktail scene here in jacksonville which is fantastic by the way you should pick up a copy that features a lot of uh, really excellent local photographers my particular photography style is lifestyle and fashion. So when they approached me for a project, I wanted to appeal to the side that here in Jacksonville, we love our food. Where we have a blossoming food scene, it's, it's just getting bigger. Um, but we also have these interesting events that we go to and I felt like we don't necessarily have a conversation that centers around what do we wear when we go to these events. So that was my pitch to Edible as far as, um, for example, TPC Sawgrass. That's a big event um, that comes around May, right? But it's also, it's kind of an understated fashion event. Like a lot of people oh, who go sure. there don't know a thing about golf. They're, oh, go, they're going there sure. to be seen. Let's be for real, okay? They're going in to wearing their whole... Oh, we're calling out every person who lives in Ponte Vedra right look, now. They go I, that. Look, I've done quite a few Ponte Vedra <laughs> gigs as a freelance musician. Oh, but you I've know. gone. Yeah, I've, I've done some weddings there. I've, I've been to TPC a number of times, and I can tell you right now, a lot of y'all don't know what's going on over there because you're not going over there for that. You're going yeah. there to wear your yeah. your Prada, your to Gucci. Get, to get their your, picture, yeah. Yeah, and so <laughs> that's my whole approach was like we have 
we don't have like quote unquote fashion events. Yeah. Exactly. But there are certain events we have here, like TPC, for example, that you're kind of you're going in to dress up. It's 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 a whole vibe. It's a oh, whole yeah. vibe. So that piqued edible uh, edible magazine's interest because we have these wonderful restaurants. We like, for example, um. Like when I did the collab with Jesse, Estrella um, is this new, if anyone don't know, it's this new rooftop restaurant and um, in downtown Jacksonville. And so my approach was to be sort of like a column writer where I wanted to write about how do we, what do people wear when we go to these places? And my approach is, is to be an observer, not an authority per se, not just an observer, but also give some tidbits. And since my my strengths are in menswear, I I bend toward that because I still have guys that will reach out to me about like, well, what, what should I wear for this or that? Yeah. Or, um, and especially guys in the fitness world <laughs> that like, you know, don't yeah. want to, it, like, it's, they ask, especially when it comes to things about um, wanting to understand fit. Yeah. So yeah, that's, the current project that I've been doing for about a year now, and there's some articles. If you go to the Edible Northeast Magazine website and type up my name, um, you'll see quite a few digital editorials. I featured um, um, Estrella. I just did um, last year. My last project was with Posting House. I featured um, Crane Ramen. Oh, yeah. Wow. And so that's awesome. This year we're talking about making it bigger. So that's great. Yeah. Just really, I really would like us to have a more conscious conversation about just a little bit more pride. Yeah. You know, I think we're kind of all looking for a little bit of a great Gatsby moment with all the, with everything that's been going on. Yeah. Exactly. And since we live in a state where we can think we can, have events where people can make choices of what they're what they're comfortable to do where they're comfortable to go or not go in the context of this pandemic but we're having we're getting more comfortable of having events here and i believe i've noticed there is more of an interest of folks wanting to like dress up a bit more i'm not saying get up in a suit or anything like per se nothing wrong with that i'm definitely i definitely will wear a suit where it's appropriate but mm -hmm. just more pride in how we're carrying ourselves i'm noticing a bit more i think we've taken that for granted big time oh for especially sure. from like being pinned down and not being able to do much to now we have i think we've taken a lot for granted so yeah. and you see a lot of people like you know i've really started to notice after the pandemic a lot of people go out just to kind of make that fashion statement or just to wear that one outfit that they right. got a while back that they haven't been able to wear mm -hmm. and i mean you'll see people like a lot of these people, especially you see events like the Jags games or the oh, Iceman. Yeah. These people don't these people don't like hockey. These people don't like football. They yeah. definitely don't like the Jaguars. And they'll be out <laughs> there wearing wearing an outfit that's uh you know, something right. that's not even relative to the Jaguars. They don't even have any Jaguars colors in or anything. Mm -hmm. It's like so many events around here, people don't even understand how um people are going out like specifically just to wear that one outfit or to, you know. Or taking uh the first date or this yeah. is just the meet like like the blind date a little first bit more impression seriously. outfit yeah 100 yeah. yeah. whether it's whether your style is like more street or like that casual um smart casual look yeah i'm noticing there is a bit more of a cons of, of an effort and that's what played a role in in, in me wanting to kind of develop like a approachable conversation um and putting it in the context of 
these fun places we like to eat here. So like, oh, you know, yeah. with that, that's how inspired the digital editorial project that I've been doing with um, Edible. Yeah, and that's a great that's that's a great connection piece. Like, I like how you guys are doing that together because mm-hmm. it does kind of draw fashion and food to really big things in Jacksonville together. Yeah, my goal is to help you know folk is to highlight some really good local brands that I feel like is putting out some really good stuff that just be appreciative of the artists and, and makers that we have in our back here in our own backyard. Yeah, exactly. And because um, yep. we've got some really good, we got. It's taken some time, but we've got no, some good. Has, we have yeah. some good local brands here. Oh, for sure. Yeah, there's so. a lot of great local brands here in, yeah. um, in the city that are on the rise. And you've got a really good, unique style yourself. I like your style that you have, and a lot of the um, posts that you make on social media. How would you describe your style if you were to tell the the viewers? Man, it viewers? changes when I when the older you get. But I would say it's eclectic. I I do like. I do like a mix of, I call it dapper casual at times, but I definitely, when I want to go into street style, I kind of like the preppy end to it. I like tailored things. Yeah. But when I feel baggy, when I feel like, look, when it's time, <laughs> if you catch me in Walmart, you'll see. Yeah. <laughs> be like, but there will still oh. be fun socks. Yeah. Oh, that's so one thing you're never going to be able to avoid is the fun socks. So even though, like, with my Instagram is Jordan Mixon, I'm, I'm still you know i'm still about the socking that's like yeah. a sig- that is forever a signature style i just want the f- i want my style to focus on the fun things in fashion and i'm going through a phase right now where i'm sort of revisiting the basics right now in the menswear scene i think there is a huge i guess in the way of the pandemic kind of plays it will definitely plays a role in that there's just been a huge interest in the fusion of casual athleisure um the athleisure industry just blew up big time and so that's not going away anytime soon and i think there's been at least with the community of of men that follow me there's a big interest in basics but like performance basics yeah 100 percent um so it's like a callback to simplicity but with quality but there will be elements of something more sophisticated. And so that's kind of where I am right now, where yeah. I like, it's a callback to basics, but there are some interesting pieces going on. Um, they're kind of like um, bringing that wow factor. So for me, it will, it will ultimately will be the sock game. Um, that's still always in play. Yeah. So um, it's always a signature. Piece. Yeah. I would say that's, it's, that's my style if I'm it's it's eclectic but right now I'm in a phase of of wanting like uh simple but yet sophisticated yeah, yeah that's nice so you know it's not you don't always you don't only have um you know what I don't mean to cut you off it's like I'm fine. really what my goal is is I feel like I want to define a Floridian style that speaks to Northeast Florida. That if I was to really put a cap on it, yep. I feel like when you go to South Florida, no, that's so, very interesting. It's very, yeah. it, um, so the, the further south you get, the more flamboyant it gets and the more flashy. Yeah. Especially like in Miami, Miami will let you know. Oh, <laughs> you know? yes, yes. But we true. haven't really formed a true conversation. Like what is Northeast Florida style? I would, I would propose 
it's it's eclectic. You you like here in Jacksonville, you see like the indie grunge, oh, and you see yeah. like the beach style, and then you see smart casual. Yep. Oh, you have everything. It's not gonna be the one def one definite thing, but <laughs> excuse me. But I'm trying to find that that happy medium. Yeah. So um, you know, you don't only have a um have an eye for the men's fashion world. You also have an eye for photography. And um, there's been so many projects that I've seen you do with collabs with other brands, collabs with other people. Mm -hmm. And um, God, your photography skills are seriously off the chain. Like they're so good. How'd you get started with that? How old were you when you first uh, got started with photography? Gosh. Um, so photography, oh gosh, how old was, how old was I? Um, late well my mid-20s okay yeah mid um so that actually came my love of photography was incidental that came from instagram back when instagram was i would say was more photography focused yep um now it's there's so many aspects. Of it's Instagram. a lot it's, of it. There's a lot of layers to it. Yeah, there's you got stories, you've got reels, you've got so many different things, and it's um yeah. It's, I would just see all these really cool photographers. It was definitely a time for street photographers. There was portraits, all of that. I just it just Instagram really played a huge role in that. But what really got me into it was when diving more into our local Jack's photography scene, there was a wave of just really cool photographers that were doing a lot of street shots. At the time, there was just a lot more street photographers than there are today. and But there wasn't fashion photographers. And not a lot, anyway. There was some kind of dabble, and, there's, and then there's one or two I know that actually, like, this that is their lane. Yeah. And what hell i dabbled more into the street style because i befriended um, um photographers i met online particularly my first um photographer friend is mark foster um he still shoots to this day um, he's local he's jacksonville yeah he's actually helped me with some edible northeast projects oh that's awesome yeah he's been like my assistant and um we, we've had like a vice versa type of role but he's a really cool guy um wonderful street photographer but poor, he does portraits he shoots um food he's he's really really well versed so That's he awesome. was the first person that i befriended to that got me into it and then there's another gentleman um david burns who taught me the principles the or the early ba uh, basics and then i just started going to youtube university yeah, you know yeah, <laughs> yeah and just getting out there but what really helped was going on photo walks that really helped um what is a photo walk photo walk is a, is when you and a group of friends or sometimes just yourself decide to pick an area of town or a neighborhood where you decide to walk the area and just be on the lookout for anything that happens in the environment in in the environment that catches your eye and you and you take a shot you take a photo and sometimes it can be themed like it can be this may sound cheesy but you may want to say i only want to take a photo of something blue something mm -hmm. that's just a blue sub whatever that subject is it there has to be blue in it yeah 
and you're just being on the lookout. And and it sounds absurd at first, but really it's things like that. It's just teaching you how to see. And I think that really helped me. I know it really helped me to kind of um, really pinpoint things that catch my interest. Yeah. But it can be even themed so much, so themed to the point where, okay, me and a group of friends, we're going to have a photo walk, but we're also going to have someone that's going to be like our model uh, and do like focus on portraits. Yeah. And, the and that probably really helped you with um, like whenever you would go to collab with a company and they, you know, have a certain vision or a certain project that they would like to do. And you're like, oh, yeah. I know the perfect place for that. Or I know the yeah. perfect area or whatever. Yeah, it definitely, you, you start looking at your city your neighborhood way differently. You kind of like, I would, even when I was commuting to work, um, you just kind of make a mental note of like, Oh, that's a nice area. Yeah. That could be, that could be useful yeah. or something. So I would kind of like make little notes in my head about, about, okay, I'm going to come back here when I have time and I'm going to take a photo yeah. there. Oh, exactly. that would look good with my outfit. Or yeah. Something to that effect. Or it would look good when I start, if I'm shooting products, when I'm doing like more commercial photography, then yeah. I, I just t take stock into all of those things. Yeah. I try to anyway. Yeah. yeah, it's very interesting. I um I love photography and I'm always doing the same thing. Like whenever I'm driving down the street, I'll see a certain spot or a certain mm -hmm. location and I'm like, ooh, I gotta get that for the brand. Or next time I get a product out, or next time, you know, mm -hmm. I'm with a with a model or something, like we're getting pictures there for sure. Mm -hmm. In Jacksonville, there's we got some variety, that's for sure. We do. There is so many different places in Jacksonville. Yeah. It's like we've got a whole like people don't even realize like you go to certain places around like the U.S. and things like that, and it's like their downtown is like an arts district, or it's like you know, it like is. certain style downtowns. But right. you go downtown here, I mean, you've got like Riverside being like it's a whole little artsy world over there. Yep. But then you go to like Maine downtown, and you're talking about like actual like a downtown, like you mm -hmm. know, that totally different vibe than Riverside, even though it's a mile or two away from each other. Right. And then the beaches, like you were saying, you go to the beaches, you got all the beach style, all the beach rats and everybody that acts totally different than the people out in the town. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I love it. We're definitely very grateful to be in Jacksonville, a place with so much variety. Yeah. So much opportunity. So such a booming community. It's my home. It's forever my home. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's definitely, it definitely going to be forever my home deep down. And, um, <laughs> But man, let's uh, let's go ahead and wrap this up. I really appreciate you coming on, and uh, it was great to get to know you a little bit better. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Enjoyed it.